At Federal, we have products for every season and every pursuit. Our passionate and dedicated teams design, build, and deliver the world's best American-made ammunition, whether you're hunting, target shooting, or defending yourself and family. Our pride and hard work can be found in every box, ammo can, or bottle of ammunition. For us, it's always in season. It's federal season. Welcome to Federal Ammunition's podcast, It's Federal Season. I'm Jason Vanderbrink, President of Federal Ammunition, and along with Jason Nash, our Vice President of Marketing. Hey, Jason. So we're, we're going to take a little bit of a departure for this podcast and our traditional format and take on the topic of ammunition shortages. Uh, there's not going to be a Tech Talk segment. We're going to dedicate this discussion to talk about the current climate, some frequently asked questions, and to be as transparent as possible about the current state of ammunition, keeping in mind that Vista Outdoor is a publicly traded company and that there are certain topics we just can't discuss. Sure. No, so uh, this will be interesting. We obviously get uh, asked multiple times a day what's going on with the ammunition market, so we look forward to answering some questions. So all in all, as a company, uh, we're very proud of the, the work that our team has done this year. Um, the 2020 was, was difficult in many ways, and it was certainly difficult in our market too, trying to get people hired and trained up. So, um, as we have been in this ammunition, I've been in this market for 22 years now, it's certainly uh, unprecedented demand and to, to a certain extent, uncharted waters that we're going through. I have addressed it on, uh, many social media channels. I truly appreciate, uh, the fair and honest, uh, responses that we've gotten from customers. I think that's always great when, uh, when they're viewed as many times as Ours has been viewed. And also we want people to get their information from a variety of sources. So that's why we're addressing this issue on a podcast today instead of having uh, some guests from the industry. I think it, this is an important one um, that hopefully hopefully gets uh, downloaded a bunch. Well, let's just start uh, with some of the questions that we've gotten. And, and again, if you haven't watched the videos, um, watch those also. But uh, number one, and we hear this every day, you're making more ammo than ever. Where is it? I can't find it. Yeah. So, um, as, as, uh, we talked about for previous years, you know, the following, the previous three years in the ammunition market was overcapacitized. So we had more capacity in the market than we had, uh, buyers for it. So prior to that, we had invested tens of millions of dollars in the last 10 years in capacity expansion and efficiencies. So when, uh, when we got the slump, over the last three years, we didn't expand capacity because we didn't need to. We had expanded capacity in previous years, which we weren't using that capacity in these last three years. So as the market had picked up in March, you know, we, we first off, we had to go hire a bunch of direct labor. Um, we've hired literally hundreds of people in Anoka, hundreds of people in Lewiston, Idaho, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds in Lone Oak, Arkansas, as we're doing right now. So we have to hire that many people. You can't train all of those people at the same time. But at the same time, we had some brand new equipment. I call it brand new. I mean, it was a couple years old, but new equipment that we hadn't fully utilized. So we were actually kind of lucky for the investments that we made, you know, five to seven years ago, we are reaping the, the rewards today. So that's why we have shipped a lot more ammunition this year than, than we had in previous last year. Um, 
just look at our, our uh, publicly uh, disclosed earnings remarks, right? You'll see how much more dollars of ammunition that we've shipped this year versus last year. We wouldn't have done that if we wouldn't have had made the investment five years ago to the, get the capacity expansion. So we always get asked every day of, of why aren't you adding capacity? Well, we did add capacity and we added a lot of capacity. That's what we're getting from today. Um, as far as new capacity, obviously we don't talk about that. We don't want, uh, we don't want some of our information disclosed, but, uh, I think it's, it's good to know for our listeners that we are investing where we need to invest. Um, but at the same time, also we need to be aware of the supply chain. You know, it's always, well, just make more, build more factories, become more efficient. Well, it doesn't do any good if you can't get the materials. So we certainly know there's a national coin shortage going on, which takes brass. Well, brass is in every round of ammunition that every factory makes. So it doesn't matter if you got a brand new factory. If you can't feed it raw materials, then, then what did you do? You have a bunch of depreciation. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's not only the manufacturing that we're taking the brunt of the, uh, criticism and rightfully so, but it's also people need to understand that the supply chain was really affected as well. And, and you can't have capacity or factories if you don't have the raw materials to put it in. What about, there's been a lot of talk about new people taking an interest in personal protection and firearms. Can you talk a little bit about the, the scope of those new people and, and what that means to the ammunition? Yeah, I think it's a, a, a absolutely fantastic long-term for our industry. One of the, one of the positive aspects of the pandemic is it allows people to get outside. So I know I have taken some criticism of hunting ammo. You know, people say, well, I want more nine millimeter and five, five, six. We get that too. But at the same time, hunting ammunition was very, very heavily backordered just due to people getting outside. So these seven to eight million, you know, I've, I've, I've read estimates of upwards of 10 million new gun owners. Some of them are obviously, uh, uh, for personal protection, which is great. We, we have a very nice, a suite of products in that arena. Some of it is hunting. Some of it is just target shooting. So, you know, I think our job as a company is to focus on how do we allow, uh, access into this industry from some people that who would, you normally wouldn't think of that's coming into this industry. You know, 40% of the new gun owners are female, which is absolutely what this industry needs. A lot of minorities, which is exactly what this industry needs as well. So how do we reach out, bring them into our community and really show them that, Hey, the, 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 the ammunition and the firearms market is not only fun, but it's also an inclusive group of people who want to show you their needs and want to, want to teach you how to use a new uh, firearm, how to teach you how to clean your new firearm, do personal protection classes. So if we play this right, it's going to be very, very long-term sustainability for industry, which is what it's needed. And is when you talk about the hunting market, you know, we've, we've seen hunting for the last couple of decades kind of go down in license sales. And now we've seen an influx of hunting license sales go up. So this is just good for everyone. It's good for conservation because there's more FET dollars getting paid into conservation. It's, it's good for our industry that companies can be healthy, you know, because the last three years we've seen a lot of consolidation because it was pretty tough sledding over these last three years. So as an industry, we love the demographic. We love what we're seeing on insights. We just need to keep them and we have to embrace them into the, into our, uh, absolutely fantastic industry that we are in. Absolutely. There, how about the, 
this we saw this the last time too uh, from our social channels. There's always the popular conspiracy theory about uh, us holding back ammunition or giving it to the government and or them mandating that it go to them. What do you say to that? Yeah, don't want to give that too much airtime. It's all false. So uh, it's that, that's enough talking about that. There's no conspiracies. Another frequently asked question that gets a ton of social media interest is uh, regarding primers as a component for reloading. Yeah, um, we addressed that in a video a couple weeks ago, and it's a it's a good question because if I was a consumer, I I would ask the same exact question. You know, what is happening with all the primers? Um, we obviously own CCI, and and uh, they they do a lot of primer business. It, it's it's important to know that as we had talked about earlier on the capacity expansion that we did five years ago, all of that is coming to fruition today. So we're making a lot more ammunition today, and what our internal primer needs have went up exponentially as we're shipping more ammunition. So in the last three years, primer availability, it wasn't an issue because we weren't sold out on ammunition. So we'd sell excess capacity to the to the reloading market. As the, as the ammunition uh, business certainly picked up in March, it came at the expense of the reloading primers. So uh, our factories are, are, are fed first. You know, we have thousands and thousands and thousands of jobs that depend on our factories making ammunition. So we are taking the more, the, a lot more share than we used to take over the last three years just to make our ammunition. We're still making commercial primers, just not at the extent of uh, what we had over the last three years, though. With the change in administration with, you know, the recent uh, election, what does the future hold regarding online sales of ammunition? You know, we, uh, we don't want to speculate on, on any political, uh, parties or events. You know, we will, uh, always abide by the laws and, uh, you know, we certainly, uh, are, are keen to what is coming on in Washington and, uh, we'll, we'll just react accordingly, but, you know, we're never going to run our business on if this happens, if that happens, we're going to run our business day to day as a very, very um, astute business like it should run. And then uh, we'll react where we need to be on the political front. Great. Anything else you're seeing on, on the social comments you want to address? You know, one thing that we have to keep in mind is, is when we acquired Remington, that factory wasn't making hardly any ammunition. So that, that just starved that market already that was constrained. As we're getting Remington up and going right now, we're going to make more ammunition. So the market will have more ammunition because we acquired a brand that was in bankruptcy. So along with the social unrest, along with the pandemic, uh, fears that people had in March, you also had Remington not making much ammunition. So that just added to the backlog of why can't I get ammunition? Well, Remington wasn't making much ammunition. Having said that we acquired them late in October and, uh, that factory is going to start producing much more than it was. So I would expect that Remington ammunition is going to be much more readily available. However, I don't think we can we can not be fools and say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna solve the demand problem." I think this demand is here for a little bit, and uh, Remington is just going to make more ammunition into a hot market. And and Remington and Corlocked and Golden Saber and STS are all going to continue to be uh, viable product lines going forward under the Remington brand. Yeah, we're not going to change it at all. I mean, it's a two hundred and five year old brand. You know, if anything, we can learn from it. So uh, we look forward to Golden Saber, STS, the deadliest mushroom in the woods with Corlock. Uh, you know, we'll hopefully get, get that product back into the marketplace where it belongs. And, and right now, everyone wants it. So uh, it's looking good for our future. How about switching gears a little bit? Uh, let's talk about new products. 
innovation is the key to a company's sustainability. You've said it many times. It's the lifeblood of the industry and our company. Um, what will consumers see from Federal, CCI, Spear, and, and Remington regarding 2021? Yeah, so um, we've always said uh, a, a lot of companies, I feel, when, when the market is going well, they pull back in R&D. We do the opposite. We add more money into R&D because if the market slows down, you have to have new products to offset the slowdown. So the consumers will see lots of new products coming from Federal CCI and Spear. Um, you know, since we acquired Remington late in uh, 2020, we're gonna we're gonna rejuvenate that whole line. We're gonna we're gonna really make sure that uh, innovation is the lifeblood of Remington going forward. Um, so you'll see lots of new products from us. We've introduced a lot already in the last couple of weeks. Um, I will say we have some big products that we have not introduced yet, but uh, keep your eyes out because we have we have a couple new products that's that's really game changing in the market. Um, so so we're going to our consumers really look to federal CCI and Spear as the innovative leaders in the market. Our job is to make Remington the innovative leader in the market too. So when a consumer thinks of hey, I wish I could get this new product, they're looking to us first, and uh, we're certainly going to do that. We're going to put our money where our mouth is on R&D, and uh, the winner is the consumer. Excellent. Thanks, Jason. Um, any closing remarks, any other thoughts uh, as we move forward into this next year? I just want to take a second uh, you know, to thank our workers at, at all of our plants, Idaho, Minnesota, and, and Arkansas. You're the lifeblood of this company, and, and we wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for uh, the workforce showing up every day, um, whether it be during the COVID pandemic as our essential, essential status. Um, today, our workforce, you're humbled every day when you come into this office and you got thousands and thousands of people and families that, that require us as, a, as leaders of our company to make sure that we're doing the right thing so we can ensure that they have jobs going forward. So all, all the hats off to all of our workforce. Um, it's, it's humbling to lead this company. And at the same time, what, what we're doing this year is, is nothing but uh, short of monumental. All right. Thank you very much, Jason. Uh, before we sign off from this special installment of It's Federal Season, our next podcast is set for release in mid-March. We'll have Tom Sega from Duluth Pack on to talk about his nearly 140-year-old company, American Manufacturing, again, that awesome theme, um, their dedication to handmade craftsmanship and how the participation growth that they've seen in the outdoors has been beneficial to their business. If you like the It's Federal Season podcast, be sure to let us know by filling out a rating and review on iTunes. And remember, for us, it's always in season. It's Federal Season. <laughs>